What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Two item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can. Two-item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. What's going on, Straight Talk Faithful? Your host, George McKay. I'm back here with another great episode. It's episode 102 uh, in the can, and I got an amazing talent here. Cannot wait to talk to her. Super excited. I don't want to keep the suspense anymore. Let me introduce her. I'm here with Jesse Mack. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's Friday night. We're about to talk wrestling. What else is better than that? Nothing. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> So, Jesse, I always uh, ask one standard question to start, which is everyone kind of has that defining moment where they fell in love with wrestling. I can remember mine. Mine was pretty much uh, seeing a bootleg tape of the steel cage match from Madison Square Garden where Superfly Snooka jumped off the top. I saw it at Christmas time. I was like seven years old. It's kind of like the earliest memory that I have. And then ever since then, I've literally been hooked. What about you? What's your defining moment? My defining moment for me in uh, wrestling was when Trish and uh, Lita main evented Raw, and they did one of the craziest matches. And for me, like I try to like find women that were empowering, and so that's what I was drawn to. So for me to see that was like, wow, I really love this. Like I love that they did. They went like balls to the walls. Like they they killed it, and I was hooked ever since. Yeah, that's a that's a great moment to have. I mean, that was like the first time women had main evented Raw, but that was one match that literally I still watch it to this day. I'll go back and go through like WWE Network. I'll still watch it, and I still get chills when I see that match because it literally is probably those two ladies. It's probably one of their best bodies of work. Oh yeah, like they they knew what it meant and they had to prove it. Like they were given an opportunity and like they had to prove why they were main event. And I think they went above and beyond anything that the women at that point were doing, I was really happy. So in terms of that, that was your defining moment. When did you start training and who did you start your training with? I started training, how old was I? Um, I think I was about 24, 25. So a few years ago, um, I started training at Battle Arts under Santino Morella. Um, and we kind of went from there. 
Perfect. So what was, um, when you started training right, right away, uh, I mean, I'm always curious because I've never stepped in a ring, so I've never been able to do it. But I'm always curious to find out about that first bump. When you take that first bump and your body hits the mat for the first time, what was that feeling like? I mean, it sucks because I did it wrong, obviously. You always do it wrong. It's like, how do I, well, see, I played rugby in high school, so being hit was not a big deal for me, but like allowing myself to fall with such an impact was kind of like a, Oh my God. Like, and you, you learn real quick how to do it properly because the more you land the wrong way, the worse it is for your neck, your head. Like it's, it's a little bit like, it's kind of like a shock really. Cause you're kind of like, why am I doing this? And then you just keep going and you're like, okay, hey, it's totally worth it. Right? Like it's like a weird love hate relationship, but you definitely learn how the, how to manage the technique like right away. So you started trading with Santino and then I'm assuming because you, you live out closer to Kingston and stuff now, don't you? Aren't you out um, more that I, way? I moved to Oshawa. So I live in Oshawa now. <laughs> oh, you moved to <laughs> Oshawa. Yeah. Well, I'm going to school in like a week. So I moved closer to my campus is what I did. And it's a lot cheaper. Like I was in Toronto for like nine, 10 years and, uh, it's just a lot cheaper out here. <laughs> so I moved. No doubt. I, I could completely understand that. I live in Brampton myself, so I get your feelings on the whole price point thing for sure. So what are you, well, since we're on the subject, what are you taking at school? What are you studying? Um, I'm going to school for event management. So like, I want to be like a planner of parties, fundraisers, stuff like that. A lot of people think it says I want to run a wrestling show. It's definitely not. I don't know if I could handle that. But it's two years at Durham College, so I'm really excited. It's something I've been sitting on for a while, and I finally just decided to do it. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. I know you're absolutely going to kill it. That actually was going to be my next question. was like, oh, are you preparing to start your own promotion? Is there some breaking news? But I get how people could automatically think that right out the gate. I get that. Yeah, like, I mean, I love wrestling, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I could, like, handle running a show with all, like, all just the characters involved. Like, I mean... I love them all, but I don't know if I could like try to manage them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would have that kind of in me, maybe eventually, but I don't think I would know what to do with myself. <laughs> so the one time I actually did get to see you wrestle live was actually at uh, Chimlock five in Kingston on uh, father's day okay. weekend. I saw you there. We actually took a picture together. I posted it on my uh, socials. It was you and me there. What? And <laughs> You liked the picture, the, like the night it happened. You liked it. What? Okay, yeah, but you have to understand. <laughs> you have to understand. <laughs> a lot of things, when I'm at shows, my brain, especially chin lock, like my brain is on like overdrive. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Fun. Yeah, like I was just like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was chin lock. It was the charity show where there was the meet and greet with all the legends in the morning. And oh, then you yeah, rock. that one I was. Yeah, that one I was, I was a mess. <laughs> That was a big show for me, and I had my step, my one stepson there, and my niece there. So I was like, I was all over the place. Well, you know what? It was a great match. I mean, I had seen some of the YouTube stuff. Like, I watched the match you had with Ray St. Jean for the Chenlock title. I love that match. And um, but this was a chance to see you live, and it was great because with me, I always love to kind of scout out this talent in person see how they work in person and, and make sure there's somebody that I can approach. And you were super easy to approach. We spoke for a little bit, took the picture. You were just an awesome personality. So it was just like, okay, now I know I can approach her for the interview and I won't get the, uh, no, no, I won't get the brush off. You know what I mean? So I appreciate that. 
<laughs> well, I feel bad because so I'm diagnosed with anxiety and so like stuff like this, like I was anxious all day for this. <laughs> and it was nothing against you, it's just how I am. So like if you ever see me at shows, like I'm pretty hammy, like I'll ham it up, I'll talk to people, but I'm probably if I ever do like the brush off, it's probably because I'm just having like a like not a panic attack, it's just my anxiety kind of has a mind of its own sometimes. <laughs> You didn't brush me off, so it was perfect. You were very candid. We did ham it up, and that's when I knew I could approach you for the interview. So I wanted to actually take the time now while we're in it to say thank you very much for taking the time out because I know everyone's schedules are busy and crazy, and I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, I, I honestly, like, I love doing these things. It kind of, like, you know, gets me out there. This is my social time, so I'm glad to do it. Perfect. So when I saw you in that match, it was a fatal four-way. It was you, beautiful Bia, uh, Madison Rain, and the other girl, uh, I'm trying not to sound like a jackass right now, but her name escapes me. I can't remember the other girl. Oh, Addie? Yes, Addie. Thank you very much. And I loved everything about the match, especially when it's, when it's a women's fatal four-way. There's so many stories that could be told. Obviously, I was rooting for you. And the decision did not fall your way, unfortunately. Uh, Bia came out on top that night. But, I mean, you're working with Madison Rain. She's an impact star. Beautiful Bia. She's an up-and-comer like yourself. And Addie, who is, was that night, she impressed me as well. When you're getting in a ring with so much talent, is it hard to try to find those spots, especially in a fatal four-way, to kind of shine above everybody else? Um, for me, it's just, it's, I feel like it's a chemistry thing. Like for, for me, a lot of time, like the, like with a lot of people, you kind of got to be careful as to like, there's so many people in the ring, there could be bodies everywhere. So you got to kind of go into it knowing that things might not pan out the way you want it to, because with that many people, it's just, it can kind of be like a, you could have an idea of what you're going to do, but then it's just like out the door, especially like when you see the crowd, like me, <laughs> When I went out there, I was like, oh, God. It was like when Paige was describing WrestleMania, like when she first went out and like she didn't walk and she was like freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so like a lot of things can change. And like that's kind of like how you kind of mentally prepare yourself. You're like not everything is going to go with you, how you think it is. So like, I mean, you can like you can kind of try, but there's nothing really I can specifically think of that I've done. <laughs> especially in the show with like that kind of like magnitude. Like I was like, mm. <laughs> and it was, it must've been pretty cool for you because I mean, you, you had Mark Henry backstage, you had Tommy dreamer backstage. You had a lot of big names. Billy Gunn was there. Uh, the pillars, Tyson Dukes and stuff like that. And you yourself, you know, no, no, you're no slouch. You're a big name out there too, in my opinion. So was it kind of surreal seeing Tommy dreamer kind of walking around backstage? Well, I had the like, the, I was lucky enough that last year I got to wrestle with House of Hardcore when they were in Napanee. So all of that kind of surrealness with like the bigger names was not as like, oh my God, this is happening. Because I had already worked for them before. But like, I've kind of just learned as like a person, like I could be in a room with like a Hall of Famer. And for me, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, just address them like they're a normal person. Like, just kind of act like yourself, but be respectful. And, like, that seems to be getting me through. I just kind of got to go into it like a normal locker room and not, like, fan out pretty much, you know? So I kind of just prepare myself before going into shows like that. And it usually works out. I usually get, like, I make decent connections or decent friendships. Like, Madison Rain is one of the nicest people and, like, when I first wrestled her, I was scared. Like, that would probably be a moment. I, I was just so, like, a mess. Like, I was like, I don't know how we're going to do, like, blah, blah, blah. But she was 
one of my favorites to wrestle. And she's so smart and, like, just tells, like, she would critique me and stuff, right? And, like, I would listen and she just wasn't condescending. It was just, she was approachable. We'll say it like that. She was a very approachable person. So stuff like that. Like, you got to remember that they've been doing this for a while. So if I'm rambling, I do that. Sorry. No, you're not rambling. You were making a valid point. Go ahead. Like, it's just, like, if you see them as, like, these superstars and, like, kind of, like, ask them stupid questions, they're obviously going to give you no answer, stupid answer. So you kind of just got to go in, like, it's a normal locker room, and then be like, how was this? How was that? Like, that's how you have to approach these types of people. And that's how they want to be approached. So that's how I kind of go into it. So I don't get, like, starstruck or, like, awe or, like, I just kind of go into it, like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm getting paid to do. But am I going to talk to them? Yeah. Am I going to ask them questions? Yeah. Like they're 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 going to teach you. So that's how I do that. Yeah. You know what? I'm learning that too as I grow in the kind of podcasting game. That weekend, I actually a couple of days before that weekend, I interviewed Tommy Dreamer for like 20 minutes over the phone. And I'm not going to lie, I geeked out for like a little bit, a good 10 minutes. I was like, "You're Tommy Dreamer." Like I used to watch you as a kid. Like it's crazy. For me, I'm still learning that. But I, I appreciate the uh, the advice because that's something I myself have to get better at when I start approaching these bigger names. So, well, I found just training at Battle Arts kind of taught me that because I'm wrestling under Santino, and like they would, and then when WWE would be in town, they would come to Battle Arts and they would be there training. And you can't just, I mean, I'll have my I had my moment where I got my picture taken with Seth Rollins and Cesaro, but like after, but that was like my first like month into training, and then I kind of started to learn that maybe this isn't how you do it do it in different ways. So you learn as you go. Like we all have those moments of, Oh my God, like this is this person. But if you're working on the same show, you can't just be like that. You have to be more respectful, professional. And then they will start, they, they will take you seriously. You kind of want that relationship, right? Cause they, they have their name out there. They know what it takes. So. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And, and I think that's the right way to handle things. So I, I'm curious because I've talked to a few people who trained under Santino Morella and I, I never got like an honest answer. I always got like the fully professional answer, but I know I've interviewed him. I know he's a fantastic guy. I'm just curious. The only one who was very candid with me was when I interviewed his daughter, Bianca. She's very candid about how her dad is as a coach with her. He's like balls to the wall. He's stern. He's, he wants her to get it. And she's, she's a great up and coming talent. But how is Santino Morella overall as a coach? Is he, I mean, I, I definitely could get that he's supportive, but does he scold you when you make a mistake? Oh, yeah. Like, like he's not wrong. Like, he's, he's stop. That's Jesse's dog, everybody, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she's a pain. Um, so he is like that. He's very, like, he'll say things that you don't even, like, like he's just very hard. But he wants you to get it, right? Like, he wants you to strive for the best. And he's not going to sugarcoat it, which I find amazing. And especially, like, in, like, today, like, a lot of parents, like, they sugarcoat everything. And, like, they're all like, oh, but at least you tried, blah, blah, blah. He's not like that. That's not that's not how he is. And I think it's very effective. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, not... it makes you kind of want to be better. Like, he's like, maybe you shouldn't have had that pizza. And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he's honest. Like, he's an honest guy. And he's like, He's a great coach. Like he's hardcore and he wants you to learn like everything under the book, right? Like he wants you to learn how to like legitimately fight. That's why he has all those programs at his gym and he's yeah, like she's not wrong. <laughs> so in terms of your training, I mean I guess you, you did all the other programs like you mentioned that Santino has to offer. I but tried, when, hey, keep it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> when you were training with him, what was the one thing you kind of worked on in the ring? Because I mean you're you're 
I will say this about you watching you live in that match. Your speed is uh, very underwhelming. A lot of people wouldn't see how fast you are, but that night I really got to see how quick you move around that ring. Plus, you know, you go to the top rope, you did a couple high fly spots, and also your chain wrestling was pretty on point. You and Bia had this moment in the match where there was a lot of back and forth. So when you were training, what was one of the things you really, really focused on? Um, well, a lot of the battle art style is like a submission wrestling kind of base. So, and it, it's great to know. And like, that's my go-to panic moment is like, just get somebody in a hold. Like I can do like a bunch of submissions, which I've never done in the ring yet. Um, actually, no, that's not true. I did a, I did a very weird arm bar to like, like two months ago, which I was very surprised about that. I even remember like just that moment. I was like, Whoa, I can still do this. Um, so a lot of it is like chaining and timing and a lot of submission there's a lot of submission like i feel like i could break an ankle really <laughs> if i really wanted to like that's what they primarily focus on which is awesome because not a lot of like wrestlers today learn that right so yeah it's kind of that old school like hard docs 80s kind of style which is refreshing yeah. that you learn that especially in this day and age yeah he's really big on like kind of stuff like that right so it was like very different but it's very hard to do when people don't know so we like i know that divya i've watched divya try and, like, if I wrestled Divya again, I'm sure, like, that would be, like, well, like, the way we go, like, the route we take. But, yeah. Sorry. Dog's being a pain. Go get it. <laughs> no problem. That's cool. It's, it's, it's an interview with me, you, and your dog. I love it. This is perfect. Um, yeah, she always likes to make it about her. <laughs> she's, so she steals your spotlight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So in terms of, um, I guess, character development, actually, I do want to kind of touch back on one point. You did mention the anxiety and stuff like that. When you kind of were greenlit for your first match and you walked through that curtain for the first time, how was everything in terms of your anxiety? Oh, man, I wanted to, like, puke. I wanted to cry. I wanted to curl up into, like, the fetal position. I'm trying to think of what my very first, like, actual indie match was. It might have been, I'm trying to think of what I considered. Um, it's either, it's a toss-up between Ribfest for Destiny or PW, uh, PWE's, uh, they had a women's tournament, like, way back in the day, so, but, like, I was a mess. <laughs> um, I was, I, I still kind of am, but I'm also on, like, medication as well, so that kind of helps. <laughs> but um, it's still pretty bad. Like, you still get nervous no matter what. You could be on all the pills in the world, like, you'd still be nervous. <laughs> But how surreal is it when you're kind of in the ring and you're doing your thing? And there was a couple times that night, specifically in Kingston, where there was a lot of Jesse chants because, I mean, you were the champ at the time. You're representing the company. There was a lot of go Jesse chants and stuff like that. Is it surreal when you hear a crowd kind of putting their whole voice behind you? Does that give you that extra bit of adrenaline? Well, for me, it's just I hear my mother the every time. Like, that's all I hear. So I don't know if it's – I never really hear it as, like, a full thing. I just kind of hear my mom for some reason <laughs> and she's like the furthest seats away, like, especially at that show, but I still heard her. She like, I could be like the biggest heel in the world and she'd still be in my corner cheering me on, but it is, but, but it is surreal. Like it is weird people cheering me on. And like, I know some of these people, like I'm in like, just like at that show alone, like three people from my high school came up to me saying, Oh my God, can you come meet my kids? Like, I know you, I went to high school with you. And that was, I think that was more surreal for me. <laughs> It was like all these people know who I am and the kids are excited their parents know me like it was very weird yeah it's, it's that's that's pretty cool I mean that's super awesome when you reconnect with people from high school and they remember you and then their kids are like you know her oh my god that's crazy 
yeah. So it's like very weird. I'm like, oh man, like I know all these people. I'm like, well, this is weird. <laughs> and like, I have friends that'll come out and support me too. Like, it's just like, I don't, you don't realize the kind of friends that you have until like they come out to all your shows and like buy your stuff and support you. Like, it's a really good feeling. And you know what? That actually kind of segues into my next question. This interview is just fluid. You're helping me segue so perfectly. I love it. I was actually going to talk about support system. So you mentioned your mom that she'll be cheering the loudest in your corner. But how is the rest oh, of your family? You mentioned your, your niece, your stepson. I'm assuming your husband. How is the support system with everybody else and you living out the street? Oh, well, so for easy for me, for my, it's actually my boyfriend. We're not married. Trust. Oh, I, um, I apologize. But, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's funny. I like to make that joke. Um, so he's a wrestler too. So <laughs> and he's fine. Like he'll come to shows with me. We've wrestled actually before. I've beaten him. Several times. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's why he hasn't uh, put a I, ring on it yet. <laughs> he's afraid of me, yeah. Well, and then so my this my stepson that was when that was his first show he's ever I think he's ever been to, and so that was pretty cool. Like I didn't know how he was going to react to it. Like I don't know what he's like into, you know. Like he really wanted to come, and he was finally happy about it. And he's like, "Oh, that's my dad's girlfriend." Like blah 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 blah. Like apparently, my parents tell me this, and then um, my mom. My mom helped me make my, like, she helped me pay off my shirts. Like, she'll go above and beyond, like any other mom would. <laughs> like, at first, she was very iffy about the whole wrestling thing. She wasn't sure how I was going to handle it. Like, she couldn't even watch me play rugby. So, for her to actually come to a wrestling show really baffles me. Um, my niece, who's almost four, who was at the last, the Shinlong show you were at, she, she gets it, I think. She knows who I am. Like, when I'm out there in the ring, especially, like, because I wear, like, bra orange most of the time she knows exactly who I am and I just I kind of want to just do it for her now like I want her to have like not just my sister and my mom as strong women in her life but me as well she her middle name is Jessica after me so like that means a lot to me so I kind of want to be like that strong support system for her so that's a goal of mine too um most of my family seems pretty into it <laughs> they just don't like the intergender stuff well again <laughs> see look at that you're helping me go segue to segue seamless Let's talk about the intergender stuff because it's kind of a hot button issue right now. It was there in the Attitude Era, especially with ECW. And then in the early 2000s, it kind of tapered off. But now there's a bit of a, there's a lot of a resurgence and it's kind of becoming a staple in wrestling. I myself am a big fan of it because I have two daughters of my own and I'm very, I take my nine year old to shows all the time. She couldn't make it to Kingston, unfortunately, but, um, I take them everywhere. I possibly can, and I expose them to all kinds of culture when it comes to strong women, because I want both my girls to be beautiful, strong women who could punch a guy in the face if they need to. And I think that, especially in this day and age, with how the women's you know revolution and the evolution and everything like that, it's it's a. I'm a big fan of intergender wrestling. I think if it's done right, the story can be told great. And you've had a few intergender matches, so. I mean, where do you stand on it? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you're pro because you've had those matches. But what's your thoughts? For intergender wrestling, I've been a very big, like, I'm really big into it. Like, this is, like, my one of my, like, go-to things. Like, I always told myself that if I could get anything out of wrestling, I would want to be, like, the next Candice LeRae, right? Because she was very big intergender wrestling. And having chances to wrestle guys. Like, I've wrestled Joey Ryan now. Um, I've wrestled my boyfriend. I've... I've had like some of my better matches with them because they challenged me to be better and they challenged me to do things that I didn't think I could do. Like a lot mm -hmm. of my matches with like uh, Hacker, <laughs> he's like, do this. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, now you are. I'm like, okay. So like he, he makes me kind of 
I don't, he takes me out of my comfort zone and I, I'll try things and like, I'll see where I can actually go. I'm not saying that like women's wrestling as a whole is, I, I like intergender more than wrestling with women, but it's just like, it's a, it's different. It makes me a stronger person and it, cha- it challenges me to kind of better myself in a way. And I'm trying things that I've never tried before. So it's like a very good, like learning technique and stuff like that. And I think that's, but it's got to be done right. Like I, there is a lot of things that I don't like in intergender wrestling. Like when they over sexualize it or like they do like the obvious like things. Right. Like I actually want there to be like, there, there has to be like a story. Like I don't like any, well, with, with the exception of Joey Ryan, because that's just his whole gimmick. So if you if you're not like if you're not comfortable with it, then don't wrestle Joey Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the I was just about to say that's his whole gimmick. So the over sexualizing that kind of has to happen. But um, yeah, you're right. I think if a story is told perfectly, and I think a story is told correctly, then the intergender match can sometimes steal the show and be the highlight match of the night. And again, if it's told properly. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of the like a lot of the issues right now is like people don't, or at least certain people don't know how, like they're not comfortable watching like a man hit a woman. But if you, but if it were to be told in a way where the man has a conflict where he doesn't want to hit her and then she just gets on to him like one too many times and then he gets frustrated, then he does a strike. Then there's like the payoff because like she did, she's done it so many times to him. Like she slapped him, I don't know, a few times, forearms, whatever. And then he finally gets fed up and then comes back at her. Like, there's a payoff and I think that that's the right way to do it. So it's just like somebody like me, like I'm smaller than most people. I'm like five foot one. So, so like, I don't expect the women to always win in intergender matches. Like that's just not realistic. So like to have a guy like win over a girl, like I don't like that's fine. Like I don't think that women should always win intergender matches either. I think that you're actually one of the first people that have actually made that point that if a story is told right, it can, there can be a payoff, but also women not necessarily always winning. I think that's, that's a valid point. So I agree with you 100% on that. Like, I just don't think like, cause then you're kind of playing the idea that the women always has to win. And then I don't like that either. Like I've had a few, okay, maybe I've won every intergender match. No, that's not true. So I've, I'm in a trios, in a trios tournament stuff um, in Burlington. And I've, no, I've lost a few. I've been pinned a few times. <laughs> so they, they're doing it right. Like they're, they, they're intergender stuff. Like, cause I'm one of, I'm like one of like two girls I get booked there. And some of the guys are just like, why aren't you guys wrestling each other? They're like, well, this is how the booker wants to go with it. So I'm on a team and then we're going to just wrestle whatever team. There's three of us on each team. Right. So they're doing it right. I like that. <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like a, a definite a definite turning point and going in the right direction, doing things the right way. So in terms of the indie match that you had now, I mean, there must be a highlight match for you where you consider it to be your best body of work so far in the ring. If you could pick one of those matches that might be a favorite, not necessarily the favorite, but a favorite, which match would you say or which indie opponent that you've wrestled so far would you say is the most fun to wrestle with and one of your best matches? Well, my, one of my favorites, if I, okay, we'll just, we'll segue onto like female wrestlers right now. One of my favorite girls to wrestle is Spinelli <laughs> because she's just a hot, hot mess. I love her, <laughs> but, um, she, she also makes me push out of my comfort zone a lot. Um, but one of my favorite matches, um, I've had one recently. What was it? 
I either have to say my match, my one-on-one match with Hacker at No Limits, which was last year, or maybe the just like me and like me versus Madison Rain. That was that was kind of wild. Yeah, and Madison right. Rain, Madison <laughs> Rain, Madison Rain is again deceptive. You look at her and you don't realize how much power she actually has behind some of those strikes. It's dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she is. She's but she's again like I. Every time I get to see her, like I just. She's so nice, and I'm like, you know what? Like, you're cool. I actually, okay, I don't. <laughs> I actually told her the first time I met her that I was really happy that she wasn't a bitch, and she took it really well. <laughs> I, I don't have a filter, so I kind of say things like that I probably shouldn't. So, like, that also kind of ruins me a bit. <laughs> it sounds like, like you and I are. It sounds like you and I are kindred spirits because I have no filter. I get in trouble for my wife all the time, and my daughter calls me out literally all the time when I put my foot in my mouth. Yeah, I I got see and like I'm not used to kids, so like this whole like step parent thing is new to me. So like I gotta watch what I say sometimes too. I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> like 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 last night when I was with uh, my ten year old, uh, he's like, I had my hair slicked back. He's like, you look like a boy. I'm like, well, you sound like a girl, and he didn't like that. So <laughs> <laughs> apparently, he's very sensitive about it. So I'm like, oops, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. So you actually mentioned at the beginning of the interview when I called you that you were uh, playing some video games. I myself am a gamer in my in my part time. I'm not a hardcore gamer, but I do like uh, video games. Uh, what's the game you're playing right now that you're kind of digging on? I, I'm uh, I'm trying to platinum actually uh, Uncharted. <laughs> so I've literally so okay again. This is gonna be like an ongoing thing with me because I like to be very open about it. So with I I, I think I might have a depression pretty sure so i go through like these like spells of like just being super depressed so what i do now is i play video games and i will sit there and i will play them continues i beat like uncharted one two and three in like three days like one a day hey hey enough out of you yeah so right now i'm on uncharted i'm back on one trying it on a harder level trying to find all the treasure like i'll have like my laptop out and like try to find the things i can't find That is how hard of a nerd, like, that's how much of a nerd I can be. Nice, nice. And I'm assuming with video games goes movies. So what's some of your all-time favorite movies? Maybe a guilty pleasure movie that nobody knows you like. This could be breaking news right now on Straight Talk Wrestling. Is there a kind of movie that you have hidden away that not even your boyfriend may know you love? Oh, no, I'm an open book. Book. I remember like crap movies. I also studied film for three years, and I still like shitty movies. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so what's uh, what's one of your my like one tattoo is actually a quote. Wow. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, yeah, the Skype went crazy there. So what's one of your like? What's one of your? I guess yeah, one of your guilty pleasure favorite movies or sh- or shitty films as you called it. I. Can you stop? You're being rude. You're being rude on a podcast. Way to go. The world just met you and they hate you already. <laughs> <laughs> there she is right there. Ah. Okay, so oh. one, of, one of my favorite crappy movies. What makes me cry? Well, I'm a big fan of Dumbo. I also have a Dumbo tattoo. That makes me cry. I can't watch that. I didn't watch the new one because I don't like Tim Burton, so I just... Didn't give him my money. Oh, you pulled at my heartstrings. Um, I'm a big Tim Burton fan. Of course. Everybody's a big Tim Burton fan. I just, I don't like him. I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I mean, okay, so I like Edward Scissorhands. I like Big Fish. I like Batman. So it's not like I don't 
I like Frank and Weenie before it was like a feature film. Okay. Okay, so like I mean, there's like things that I do like, but it's like James Cameron. Like I hate James Cameron. I'm right there with you. I can't stand him. <laughs> I think he's a douche. Um, I like I like a lot of crap movies. Um, actually, you know what? I have one. Okay, so. I'm not a big fan of like all these remakes from Disney, but I'm a really big fan of Aladdin, like the remake, because I think Will Smith of the Genie was bomb. I'm a sucker for his genie. I don't know what it is. Like I like everybody was like, oh, it's too CGI and all this stuff, but like they filmed it kind of like a Bollywood film, which makes sense because of where they are. So I think that it was a great movie, and I was in love with it from like beginning to end. Like I thought it was great. I actually have some of their songs on my like Spotify playlist. Is that what you use to work out at the gym? Do you listen to Aladdin when you're working out at the gym? Oh, you think I go to the gym? That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I actually, I, I listen to, like, Britney Spears at the gym. Nice. I'm, so I'm 29, so I, I, like, I've been kind of going back to, like, the old school stuff for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Vanga Boys and stuff. Like, that's, oh. She had oh, to my- pee. That was wrong. She totally just peed on my floor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's my bad. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Don't worry. This is pre-recorded. So all this stuff, I'll edit out. Anything with the dog, I'll get rid of. I don't care. People can know that my dog just peed all over the floor. That's fine. <laughs> no shame here. She looks more shame than I do. <laughs> She's probably got her tail down like, oh man, I know I did something bad. Oh. Yeah, she walked right away. All right, that's fine. I'll clean it later. <laughs> so um, I'm a big fan of comic books. I don't know if you are, but I'm a big fan of comic books. And uh, one of my favorite series of all time was a series that was uh, done in the early 80s to the mid-90s. It was called What If. It was actually also done in the 60s as well. And it's pretty much Marvel's issues of if certain things didn't happen, uh, what the world would be like. So, for example, if the Punisher's family didn't die, if the Fantastic Four didn't go to outer space and get hit by the asteroid, if Spider, if Peter Parker never got bit by the spider. So that's kind of like one of my favorite series. And I always kind of pose this question as a what if question. And I'll set it up for you and you let me know. So let's say one morning you walk downstairs, you make your coffee, you make your breakfast, you sit down at your kitchen table, and in front of you there are five contracts, all for the same amount of money, all for the same amount of dates, and you have your pick of any of the companies. One would be WWE slash NXT. One would be the new rising kind of star right now, AEW. One would be Impact Wrestling, one would be Ring of Honor, and one would be New Japan Pro. And the only reason I mention those five is because those are the five I literally watch and live and breathe for all the time when it comes to wrestling, other than indie stuff. If you had your choice, which company would you go to, and who would you love to wrestle first within that company if you were given the, you can wrestle anybody you want on any roster? And I'm going to have to go with... Then this is going to be a really weird reason why I picked this one. So I'm going to go with AEW <laughs> because I actually know two people on the roster. So I'll feel a lot, I would have, it'd be more of a comfort thing. And I would pick Britt Baker to wrestle. Nice. Nice. I can yeah. see you guys having like a killer. So it would obviously be, you know, a circle of three, three matches. Would the yeah. final, the final, I guess the uh, tie breaking match, would it be a regular match or would you get some stipulations in that? Would you oh, maybe I want go- stipulations. All right, what's your, what's your, bring it to me. What's your stipulation match? I want to, I mean, I feel like every wrestler at some point in their career would love to do a cage match. I was in a cage match, cage match briefly at No Limits with my future boyfriend at the time. We weren't dating then. Um, Warhead, Tyler Hill, 
Aiden Rain, Bill Chase, like there's a bunch of us. It was chaotic. The, it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it almost fell on me. Like I was convinced that once Cash went like into the cage, I thought I was gonna fall. Um, but I would totally do a cage match, 100% do a cage match. I think it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and you <laughs> know what I think? I think you and Britt Baker would definitely tell an awesome story. I, I love your answer. You were the only person that I've ever asked that question to so far that had an answer right away. You knew exactly where you were going. Most people are like, oh, man, that's a tough one. But not Jessie Mack. She knew exactly what she wanted. I've always kind of been like that. I have a plan and I go for it. Like, that's just kind of how I've always been. So, like, I'm not surprised that I came up. Like, I knew right away. Like, as soon as you said, like, the like the companies, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I would do. And I'm fighting the- really hard. Be careful. I love the answers. I love the answers. 100%. So, um, uh, everyone has a dream match. Somebody that they would love to wrestle if they could. Uh, for you, uh, I pose the question of any wrestler, any time period, male or female, if you had the opportunity to have your dream match, who would it be with? Natty. Natty? Yeah. I thought you were going to say Trish Stratus, but I love the answer. Tell me why it would well, be Natty. I was sitting on that, but like I've been consistently saying Natty. <laughs> and like she's always been my go-to. Like I think that she's great, talented. Can you can you take her? She's she's a strong wrestler. She know she's been in it forever. She's born and bred in this industry. So like, I I, I think I just learn more from her. Like I, I, like I mean, Trish Stratus would be great, but like I just feel like Natty just has so much knowledge and so much history that I would want to be part of that. Can I pose one of my dream match for you that I think would be awesome? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna say I would absolutely love to see you. Tangle with Charlotte Flair. And here's the reason why I say this. This is the reason why I say this. I say this because Charlotte Flair is so great at being an absolute biatch when she's on camera. She really, she really shines through as that villain. And I think that her going against you would bring that extra bit of intensity out in you, particularly for that storyline. And I think you guys would go balls to the wall. They tried to do it with her and Bailey and it didn't work. But I think you versus Charlotte Flair would be my guilty pleasure dream match. In fact, I think when I hang up with you, I'm going to go on WWE 2K19. I'm going to create myself a Jesse Mack, and I'm going to see how this plays out. Ooh, are you going to pick the camo? Can we see my camo gear yet? No, I haven't seen the camo gear. I did love the orange, though. I thought the orange was super cool. Oh, I love the orange. And, like, I had to, like, go back and dye my hair, like, a random color because I just did not like the orange with regular hair color. Like, I was like, no, I can't do this. I had it, like, for the one Chinlock show against Madison Rain, it was, like, green, and it just clashed so horribly with the orange. I'm like, I got to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got to ask, because uh, you, you kind of have the moniker of the selfie queen. When did that start? Yes. So it started with, um, I used to manage for this guy named Latin Lover. He also trained at Battle Arts, and he was, like, this, like, conceited, like, douchebag. And so they kind of pitched the idea for me to come to the show and like, can you just not give two fucks about this? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like just play, just play on your phone. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. It wasn't until I wrestled, um, shitty in, uh, in Ottawa, shitty dash bison, where I started to actually use them in matches. That was actually my first intergender match. Um, and we did it where I, I made a phone call to my mother in the match and then after that it just kind of escalated it was it was weird like i've done like some weird things that aren't just selfies like i just i guess selfie queen was just like kind of like an easy title to put on it but i'm just like a millennial douchebag 
the whole joke, and I'm kind of evolving into like this whole other side of her, is like I'm a millennial douchebag. I will be on my phone. I will take ridiculous selfie, ridiculous selfies, which give me endless content. Like my Joey Ryan ones are funny. I haven't posted any of them, I, except for the one I think. But there's there's a few. Um, but there's a part of me that kind of wants to make fun of those people that travel the travel like to like one place in the states and be like I'm international superstar. So now I have this thing sometimes where I bring her out as a kind of like a douchebag where I'm like, I'm an international superstar. I've been to Quebec. <laughs> really like started to rub people the wrong way. And like some people started getting mad, like, oh, it's sort of part of Canada. But that's the joke is like, that's the joke guys. Like, that's what I wanted. I got what I wanted out of it. So I'm kind of trying to expand to that. It's awful. It's stupid, but I think it's hilarious. And I'm really big on comedy. So no, I think that, I think that's absolutely great too. I love it. Uh, I, I guess I'm an international superstar too because I've been to Quebec a bunch of times. So I'm right there with you. Hold on, she peed right there. Yeah, she peed right there. You want to clean it? <laughs> um, the funny thing is, I've actually been to the states. Like I wrestled in like Pittsburgh and stuff, but I I wouldn't even put that. Like I just put Quebec because I just think because I just I did it for one show for loot for uh, you know, and I started like tagging it because like you're just being an asshole. I'm like okay. Cool. And so I started doing international superstar, and I'm like, well, and then as people started getting mad, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this, so I'm going to start doing that more and more, I think, as I evolve. <laughs> I, I think it's a great shtick, and I think that's awesome to do that. Um, in terms of, you know, wrestling either face or heel, if you had your choice to pick, which way does Jesse Mack kind of sway? I like heel. Like, I'm, I'm total heel. Like, in real life, I'm kind of, like, I try, okay, so I try not to do this at Chinlock, but I do. It's like, I, I kind of, like, mouth off to people. I'm like, you can't do that here. And I'm like, ah. So, like, I'll always pick heel. I'm, I'm naturally a heel, but a nice heel. So, I'm like, kind of like a tweener, if that makes sense. No, yeah, you're in between. I get it. Like, I'm like that at acclaim. Like, they love me and they hate me. Like, and I'm a heel. I'm a full-blown heel. Like, I'm. I, I yelled at somebody once in the crowd. Like I'm, a, I'm just, I'm awful. <laughs> and I, so, but I, I think that's great. I, I love it when the when the wrestlers interact with the crowd, as long as it's done right. Because sometimes you get those idiots in the crowd that'll take stuff too far, and they still believe it's kind of real. And that's when it takes the fun yeah. out of everything. Oh, I, they're my favorite. I honestly like look forward to like the shows that I can like mouth off. Like I want people to be like that. Like I will get in faces. I don't care. <laughs> like, but, like, I kind of got to know my audience, too. Like, that's a big thing. Like, I did that. I used to serve all the time, and I would just heel turn on my tables, and I would make more money. Like, people are weird like that. <laughs> they like it. Absolutely. I, I would love it. If you told me off at a table, I would be like, yo, I'm going to buy your shirt, like, three of your shirts right now. It's crazy. <laughs> that, well, Freddie Mercurino does that. He, at a claim, he's like, he just stands there and yells at people, and, like, they buy his stuff. And I'm standing next to him, like, how do you do that? Like, how are you yelling at people? And they're like, okay, I'll buy your shirt. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yelled at these people and took this guy's popcorn and, like, tossed it across the arena. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, here's my money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's messed up. So in terms of your career so far, you've had a lot of great moments thus far. But, I mean, it's growing. You're taking time for school, which is absolutely great because everyone's got to have that kind of fallback. But – I'm always curious as yeah. if, if there was a fan out there, little boy or little girl, and they were thinking about getting into this business and they wanted a piece of advice from you, what would you tell that young fan about this business? 
this business, you don't always have to say yes to everything. You're allowed to say no. If you're not comfortable with something, you can say no. And like, that was something I really wanted to like own up to. Cause like at first I was doing everything that people said, yes, yes, yes. And then I ended up getting hurt. I've had like maybe two concussions. I've messed up my back. Like it's not worth it. So if you're not comfortable doing something, say no and don't be afraid of it. And if they give you shit for that, then don't ever wrestle them. Like don't bother. Like you don't want to, like, you don't want people to like be like, put you at risk just to make themselves look better. Right. So just always say no if you're not comfortable. That's an amazing piece of advice. I got to say, Jesse, this has definitely been one of the funnest interviews that I've had. I appreciate the time again. And I want to officially let you know that you are now a member of the Straight Talk Wrestling family. Anytime you yeah. want to get back on the podcast and do it again, I would absolutely love to have you. Okay, perfect. Maybe after, um, what's the next Channel Off show? It's October, right? <laughs> my schedules, I don't know my dates. I'm awful. I wrote them down, though. <laughs> Is there anything, well, this episode's going to drop mid, uh, third week of September. So is there anything that um, is coming up after September that you want to shout out to let people know where they can find you? Um, October, I know I have a claim and I have Chinlock. Ouch. Chinlock. It's going to be at a brewery. You should come. And where is it going to be? Uh, Spearhead Brewery in Kingston. If I can make it down because it was a long three hour journey. The uh, other weekend, but if I could definitely yeah. make it down, I will. But my October is actually filling up. I got Destiny. I got Crossbody. I actually do commentary at Crossbody. Do you do commentary at Crossbody? I just started doing it. Yes. Oh, I just started it because I've wrestled for them like once. Well, I I, I did it in July and for Destiny. Uh, well, Destiny, I'm I'm affiliated with them. George and I are uh, we're very close, and I kind of go to the events. I tweet and promote and do all the stuff during the events and kind of help out and just kind of shout out to people, let people know how great destiny is as a product. Okay. So I'm getting my foot in the door, you know, I'm trying to get my foot in the door, hook it up with as many promotions as I can. So it's so far, it's been a lot of fun. And I've been able to talk to people like you, which is absolutely great. Yeah. Like this was fun. Like I'm like, I'm always nervous. I'm like, Oh, I talked too much. <laughs> Yeah, but see, that's because that's because I always try to make my guests feel comfortable, and I don't try to ask any questions that would make anybody feel uncomfortable. Okay, well, I uh, I had this one oh, I had this one podcast. They're like, is there anything off the table? And I'm like, nah. And then he started asking like these questions. I'm like, whoa, you did research. I was like, I'm comfortable asking like anything pretty much, but oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was just surprised by like the the questions. Hey, stop. It's okay. She's already made her debut on the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> she's like biting me really hard like you have to get her off of me <laughs> she's yeah she's half border collie so she's kind of an asshole <laughs> she's only like three months get the cord out of her mouth oh she's a oh she's still a puppy so she's still learning <laughs> oh yeah she's she's like she's like three months maybe but we just got like a bunch of shots done today and like deworming and some ear stuff i don't know she's, she's, she's nuts She's all over the place today. She's got a whole bunch of medication courses through her base. Well, I was planning on her just kind of lying on my lap, but then she turned into, like, the demon that she becomes, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I tried. I tried really hard to give you all my undivided attention while being bitten in the leg, so. All right, you did a fantastic job. I would not have known you were being bitten in the leg if you did not tell me, so you did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. There, there's, there's probably a few. Like, I'm probably bleeding somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your Friday night. Check on those wounds. I hope everything's okay, and I hope to see you soon at another show. Thank you very much for the time.
All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. bye. All right, guys, that was Jesse Mack. That was an absolutely entertaining interview. Had everything going on. We talked a lot about her career. It was just a whole lot of fun. And uh, we got the debut of her a brand new puppy. So don't forget, this is episode 102 in the can, locked, sealed, and delivered. It's now officially yours. It's out there for the world. Uh, don't forget next week to tune in for another great episode. And it's going to be... I'm not going to tell you. I'm never going to tell you. I'm never going to stop. But I love doing that because the joke's on me. As always, guys, I'm your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. And again, don't forget to tune in next week. Don't forget to check us out on the socials. We always drop the episode hints as to what we are dropping the week before, Monday, Wednesdays, and the Friday of the episode airing. And don't forget to check out, our again, our merchandise on ProWrestlingTees.com. As always, I'm your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just five ninety nine each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's too, where you can mix and match two or more. Five ninety nine each at Domino's. Two item minimum: pan pizza, bone, and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. It's cutting into your exercise time. <laughs> It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.